0: and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life.
1: Let's start off in John 16, 23. If you want to know about prayer and if you want to know about the Holy Spirit, John's gospel is a great place. I don't know if you've really put this together, but as he came toward the end of his life, and you see it in John's gospel more than the others, but as Jesus approached the end of his life he talked a lot about prayer and he talked a lot about the Holy Spirit and I think they're intertwined myself our understanding of prayer and our understanding of the Holy Spirit I think they they are entwined John 16 23 24 in that day I think we mentioned this last Wednesday see he's, he's with them and they hadn't been asking him for anything in the name of Jesus why would they because he's there So he's talking about a different time frame. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. I want to spend the time we have this evening talking about something, a concept. And the first time I heard it, it was just different. And maybe it'll be that way for you tonight, and I had to get my mind around it, and here I am all these years later talking about it, so I'm still getting my mind around it. But I want to spend our time tonight talking about what Kenneth Hagin used to call prayer fruit. Everybody say prayer fruit. fruit. Here's Here's a sampling of it. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. See, if you ask and you never receive, you never got any prayer fruit. And I am convinced, I, I don't think people don't pray because they don't love the Lord. I don't think Christians don't pray because uh, they don't love Jesus. I, I think, bottom line, I think, I think people tried praying and didn't get much out of it. And if you don't get much out of it, anybody ever do the banana diet? Let me see your hand. If you ever did the banana diet, I got my hand up. You, you're not that old, are you? Okay, anybody do Atkins, let me see your hand. You know. In other words, we do this stuff, but if we don't get a payoff then we don't stay with it you understand what I'm saying can you believe that nobody is here old enough that they did the banana diet (laughs) man you guys do know who Neil Armstrong is right I'm, I'm just I'm like doing an age check you know you know, how, how, how long have I been on this planet? Amen. <laughs> Although yesterday Chuck Yeager died and I thought, you know, that was a loss. Ninety-seven years old. Ninety-seven years old. Wow. Ask and you'll receive and your joy will be complete. So prayer, the whole purpose of prayer is to receive. But if we went somewhere and we did a survey of people coming out of church, uh, how much do you pray a day? How many answers do you get a a month? Uh, How many miracles do you get in a year? I think we'd we'd get a bunch of zeros. But it was designed to yield fruit. the same genius architect that created this earth and sowing and reaping why would he turn around and design something that yielded nothing why would the genius architect that designed this earth and seed time and harvest design an activity for his sons and daughters that yielded nothing ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete there's a in one of the cars there's a message playing Kenneth Hagin and he says he says, you, you, you believe God for money, and now you have it. That's what I'm talking about, you know? And, and I'm just in a wonderful place because, you know, you get to a point in life where, I mean, I'm talking about a whole lot of this stuff you've been believing God for. It shows up, amen, and uh, then you get to enjoy it. You see the same thing is that Proverbs eighteen twenty one is that it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we always stop there. Death, and, and notice he doesn't say life and death. He says death and life. So the default for human beings is death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we always stop there. But what's the next clause? And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof see so when we get in the car to go home tonight we'll be in, we'll be loving the fruit of it when we get home we'll be loving the fruit of it you understand in other words it's it's what we're saying because everything we say is a seed sown. on the way here I was telling Sue that I think I think part of the problem people have is they care what other people think, and, and that was something, that was a bridge I had to cross, man. We heard Fred Price the first time, June of 88, but I needed some more beatings. And it wasn't until we got over to 1989 I got serious, and in 1989 I bought a, I bought a one-year-old BMW, 535, it had 9,000 miles on it. Man, it was like new, but it was a used car. It had 9,000 miles on it. And I I had people leave the church. See, this church has evolved. I could show up Sunday in a Rolls Royce, and I don't think anybody would leave. Would you leave? You'd want to ride. Yeah. Put the top down, Pastor. (laughs) No, I'm saying, I, it's hard to believe, isn't it? We have people leave over a used car. But, but I brace myself, and, and that's, where, that's where Fred Price helped me in ways maybe that everything Fred Price knew, by and large, he learned from Kenneth Hagin, but he put it in a way that somehow helped me. See, it was the same word, same message, but a different delivery. And somehow it just steeled me up because if we're worried about what people think, see, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. But if you're worried about what people think, you tone down your confession. And when you tone down your confession, you're toning down your results. Now, we have to be wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. We're watching now the week of increase 2020 and the the first message, or was that the one we watched today? It was the one we watched today. The second message, I said, now now don't, I said, Thanksgiving's coming up. Don't go to Thanksgiving and, and tell a bunch of folks that hate prosperity all your confessions and I was laughing because I, I, I said to Sue, I said, do you think, could I have known, could I have seen it that just 90 days hence, this place would all be paid off? I mean, it's a year of miracles. Oh, yeah. Lift both hands and say, thank you, Father God, thank you, Father God. for a year of miracles. Amen. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. All right, but that's my point. You, can't, you don't go to work tomorrow and tell lost folk your, your confessions, because they're just going to get mad and turn you into human resources. So, so you have to be shrewd about it. You got to be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So Jesus has made prayer a winning business proposition for us. I want you to, I want you to change your mind about prayer. It's a winning business proposition. There's a couple here tonight, and they used the August 26th message to beat down their appraisal on their house at the Tarrant Appraisal District. And uh, in that prayer, there's times I say this three times, and I say that five times, and there's a process to it. And the reason I say things three times, because Jesus had to speak the word to Satan three times to get him to leave. And then at the end of the prayer, I speak the confession five times. The reason is because David confessed five times he was going to kill Saul before he went to the battlefield. And so I'm out there every morning reciting my verses for the king and Satan will come along. If Satan doesn't talk to you when you're praying, you're not praying correctly. And Satan will come along and he'll, he'll say to me, how long are you going to confess this stuff? And I just laugh at him. You're so stupid. How, how, how does somebody live in heaven and get thrown out?
0: <laughs>
1: you know, so I just laugh at him. But, but I will say, I'm sowing my seed. See, every day is not a harvest day. And so you make your confessions to your king. David, David, David said, I recite my verses for my king. But every day is not a harvest day. Some days are sowing days. Some days are watering days. But it's a winning business proposition. We are faith children of a faith God. He operates by faith, so he expects us to operate by faith. Say it out loud. God is a faith God. God, is a faith God. And, he by faith, and he operates by faith. And he expects us to operate by faith. So the redemption plan of Father God was a bold and daring thing to do. He had confidence in you. This is where we left off last Wednesday, and he had confidence in me. He believed, he had faith that we would believe the good report. So Father God dared to give us his son. Father God dared to give man eternal life. And Father God dared to make us new creations in Christ because he chose to have faith in us. He believed that man would respond to his love and that man... When challenged by such grace would meet it with a glad response. So we are faith children of a faith God. And so we are fellowshipping with him in his. We are fellowshipping with him. We are walking with him. We are fellowshipping with him in his faith fight for a lost human race. Let's go to Galatians 5, 6. Galatians 5, 6. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Love demands faith because when you walk in love, your heart's desire is to do things you cannot do, so you need faith. I mean, if you have love in your heart, you want to do things that are humanly impossible, so you have to have faith. When we take up the prayer habit and never give up, as Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, but constantly strive to model our prayers after what Jesus taught in Mark eleven twenty two to 24, we become partners with God in his work, his house, and his mission. When we take up the prayer habit, we become partners with God and we take hold together with against, with God. I mentioned that last Wednesday, but here's the reference, Romans 8, 26. King James, likewise, the spirit also helpeth. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now that word in the King James, helpeth is actually made up of three different greek words which mean to take hold together and with and against to take hold together with against so for example if i said uh, uh, some of you men come help us we're going to move this piano off the stage what would i be saying i'd be saying would you help us take hold together with others against the weight of that piano And we never think the thought, but the truth is, God's believing for things. We never think the thought, but God is believing for things. We never think the thought, but God is believing for things. A few weeks ago on a Monday, I was surprised. He still surprises me sometimes a few weeks ago on a Monday all day long I felt the pleasure of God and I didn't ask him about it you know I was just enjoying the pleasure of God but I saw myself give the the altar call the day before at 9 and I saw that woman that walked the aisle and I saw Sue and I talking to her in the fellowship atrium after and then the Lord spoke to me when I was meditating on that And and he said, you knew who she was, and you knew she was wealthy, and you didn't ask her for anything. He said, you gave her something. We gave her a book, didn't ask her for anything. I felt his pleasure all day. See, God's believing for things because he wants to win that whole clan. But how many preachers do you think have been, I mean, it's a wealthy family. How many preachers do you think over the years have sucked up, to those folks I want I want to be a doer of the word the book of James says you don't do that you don't don't show favoritism a wealthy man walks in with a gold ring you don't treat him different so we're we're not we're not doing what we're doing because we're righteous and holy we're simply being doers of the word of God this is covered in the word of God but He said to me he said you knew who she was and you didn't ask her for anything you gave to her and it doesn't matter whether anything comes to faith Christian center out of that or not we're not doing what we're doing to get a result from certain people we're doing what we're doing to live a life pleasing to the Lord and if we will do what we're doing to live a life pleasing to the Lord he will take care of everything we have need of do you see that And all these people run around, you know, trying to orchestrate stuff. They they don't have any faith about them. There's no faith to it. Amen. Amen. So in our prayer lives and in our daily lives lived out before man and God, we are helping the men and women for whom Jesus died and has suffered. Our time spent in prayer is combat. It's warring against God's enemy, the enemy of all mankind. And I'm telling you, he's having his way. Satan is having his way. I mean, it's just the most amazing thing in the world. You know, when I was younger, I used to think about the possibility of the United States of America being invaded by China. There's no point in China invading the United States of America. I mean, they got it made in the shade. They just sit there watch us destroy ourselves while they're selling us lawn chairs and all this stuff. I mean I mean we're gradually becoming communists while they're making trillions of dollars off of us. Why would they invade us to stop us from destroying ourselves? i'm so old say how old are you pastor i'm so old i remember when you could walk into a walmart or a sam's and they had signs on the wall that said everything sold here was made in the united states of america now they could hang signs in the stores and say everything sold here was made in china I mean, you know, our house is only 11 years old, and I'm having to replace light fixtures, and it's crazy. You know, and I say to the electrician, you know, I'm 65 years old. I've never had to replace a light fixture in my life. What the heck? Well, he says, you know, he says, this is the first time in your life all this stuff came out of China. So he says it lasts so long, and then it dies. It's amazing. Water faucets. I never replaced a water faucet in my entire life until this year. They just quit. It's amazing. And we're imitating them on this virus. It's amazing. So Satan, I got off track there. Satan is having his way. In the leadership in Austin, in the leadership Nearly in every state capital, in the leadership in Washington, forget about that. How about the United Nations? Satan is having his way, and so we are in a faith fight. But we, but we can't you can't save you can't save this city. You can't save Austin. You can't save Washington. I mean, but we can save men. See. If the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and all these preachers had been about God's work, God's mission, God's house, because let me tell you what, when you get people saved, I mean, I could do a survey Sunday. How many of you have been looting in 2020? Nobody. How many of you have been rioting in 2020? Nobody. How many of you committed voter fraud in 2020? Nobody. See, if you get them saved, you don't have to worry about all that other stuff. You understand what I'm saying? You just got to get people saved. So, you know, our prayer life is not just related to what we're believing God for. Our prayer life ought to be related to what God's believing for. He's a faith God. Amen. Prayer can save the men for whom Christ died. See, whether they get saved or not, Christ died for them. Whether they get saved or not, Christ died for them. Prayer can make the weak strong. Prayer gives God's children the opportunity to win in this life. God doesn't want you to lose. He wants you to win. Prayer gives you the opportunity to win. Prayer gets the job done, but we are the prayers. We are the ones that have to do the work. We can be the forerunners for our generation. Go back and watch the Holy Week Revival 2020. I said And I said this also last August in the week of increase 2019 that God wanted to make Faith Christian Center an example. And he has made Faith Christian Center an example. But frankly, we're not talking about it because we don't want to come to anybody's attention. You have not seen one posting about what the Lord's done here financially in 2020. And you're not going to. We don't want to come to anybody's attention. And they know where we are. They can, they can, they can, and anybody watching knows what God has done in this church in 2020. Now, if, if, uh, if things normalize to some degree, well, then maybe we would be more open And maybe we could be more of an example to the church across America. Let me tell you what. There was so much fine print in those loans for churches and ministries. I wonder if there's a clawback provision. Now, the White House, if the White House changes hands, what if they want their money back? I mean, how many churches could go under in a fortnight? And here's Pastor Gene at ease (laughs) hallelujah just doing it old school baby just old school what's that you know just just doing the word Just just teaching the people the word of God just confessing the word of God just taking action on the word of God just doing it old school just like we do marriage old school amen We can be the forerunners for our generation. We we can be the pioneers in this marvelous marvelous life of faith. I'll tell you why 2020s happened. God made the United States of America the richest and greatest nation this earth has ever seen, and the United States of America thumbed its nose at God, and rejected His word and killed millions of His children how did you think it was going to turn out? Ask your neighbor, how did you think it was going to turn out? out. But I believe God wants to do a great work. You want to know why 2020 has been like it has been? You cannot name one politician who has bowed his head in prayer and asked for the help of Almighty God With this virus. There may be. But I don't know of one. You know it just seems to me. Before I shut down a 20 trillion dollar a year economy. I might take it to the Lord. You will again see the distinction. Between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God. And those who do not. And there's coming a time they'll know there's a man of God and they'll know there are men of God and they'll know there are women of God because the same God that's been answering us all year long is the same God that, and keeping us healthy is the same God that'll give us miracles when we need them. Amen. Amen. If we will take up the challenge to build prayer A prayer habit into our lives will join with men and women of all the ages past who have dared to walk where no one has ever walked before. How do you think Charles Finney was the great revivalist and evangelist of the second great awakening in America? Prayer. The great great revival that happened in New York City. I forgot the the year, but it, it started in prayer meetings. The Welsh revival began in prayer meetings. Every great move of God has begun with prayer. Through prayer we can open up channels for God's grace to reach the human race. Through prayer we can build roads for others to walk upon. I'm not trying to take any credit for myself, but the fact of the matter is, it's the fact. The fact of the matter is stomping around up there on that three and a quarter acres out there when the dew was on the grass and my running shoes, getting soaked. That building would not have risen from the earth without somebody praying. And this land here would never have been acquired and this building here would never have been built. So children come and they play on these playgrounds and children come and they're taught in Sunday school and children's church and children come and they're taught at St. Paul's. Through prayer, we build the roads God's people walk on. Through prayer, we can do the impossible. Through prayer. And we've got businessmen now figuring it out that if they'll partner together with God's work, God's mission, God's house, there's no end to what God will do for them. God wants this church to have so much money. God wants St. Paul's to have so much money. There'd be, we would never have to say no to a child based on money. Amen. And if you have enough money, it'll it'll be here from now on. Amen. And if you have enough money with no debt, they can't figure out a way to shut you down. How are they going to stop you? If you have no debt. Because as long as they have debt, we had a Guys sitting in that office were upstairs wanting us to change our financing. This was uh, during the meltdown, in the early years of the meltdown, the early stages of the meltdown. You know, and it was, they were trying to scare us. And uh, pushing me around doesn't work too well. And uh, every time we met, the savings to the church kept getting smaller, 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 smaller. And literally the last time we met with them, the savings to the church was the equivalent of one billboard. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change anything to save the price of one billboard. It wasn't months later, it wasn't months later, it wasn't months later. That bank nationwide was foreclosing on churches during the meltdown. See, if you owe money, they can figure out a way to take your stuff. Now, we, we owed money, but uh, praying and following the leading of the Holy Spirit, you know, we knew when it was time to say uh, hasta la vista and uh, don't come back. Prayer, a habit of prayer will keep you out of trouble. Famous, famous, famous preacher just in the last few weeks was fired for adultery. Well, then you let a few weeks go by, you find out he was having an affair with a Palestinian Muslim. I think I could say this with all accuracy. He didn't have a habit of daily prayer in his life. I mean, you ministers out there, if you're going to have an affair, why would you pick a Palestinian Muslim? (laughs) Boy, that went right over my head. I thought, (laughs) I, I don't get that at all. But can you understand? But, I mean, I knew years ago that that particular person, he might have been a minister, but he wasn't a Christian because he was pro-abortion. You can, you can be in the ministry and be pro-abortion, but you can't be born again, anything, and be pro-abortion. No born-again person's pro-abortion. Prayer. Prayer. You know, you see, you see people who are supposed to be Christians and they do stuff. And you, you should ask yourself, could they do that if they were reading the Bible every day? Could they do that if they were praying to Almighty God every day? Could they do that if they, how about this? You don't ever hear this phrase anymore. I don't know why, but I'm betraying my age every three minutes. <laughs> They're not living a sanctified life. That's a phrase you haven't you haven't heard yourself in 30, 40 years. Sanctified life. You know, you gotta set your life aside. You you want you want results, what I'm talking about, like what I'm talking about. You gotta you gotta live a sanctified life. See, and in this church, we don't just teach faith on one rail. And this is why in a lot of places. A lot of faith places, a lot of faith ministries. There's a lot of wreckage because they teach faith on one rail. We don't do that. We teach faith on two rails, faith and character. Because if you don't have character with faith, you can believe God for Mercedes and a lot of stuff, but you're going to end up losing it all because you don't have character. How we live matters. My goodness, that's old school. How we live matters. And like I said, you can believe God for some stuff, but if you you don't have the character, you're going to give it up. Through prayer, we can stop having fallow ground hearts. That's out of Jeremiah, fallow ground. Plow up the fallow ground, the prophet talked about. Through prayer, we can stop having fallow ground hearts, and we can become soft-hearted toward the lost, and literally, we can become fellow workers with God. Through prayer, we can become branches that are bearing the real fruit from the real vine. Through prayer, we can open channels through which God can pour himself out on man. Now, I won't be able to get into this too deep, but let's end with John 15. John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Why would he say remain in me and I will remain in you if it were not possible to not remain in him? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now notice John 15, like I started out saying, as he approached the end of his life he talked a lot about prayer he talked a lot about the holy spirit and in this context and we 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 haven't gotten there yet but you're going to see this context is about prayer so in this context he says no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me so in this context he's talking about fruit Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's talking about fruit. He's talking about what we're doing, what we're accomplishing, what we're achieving. And you realize, I hope you realize, I hope you're smart enough to realize, I hope you have been word taught enough to realize and when I stand there at the Bamati, the judgment seat of Christ, there's not going to be talk about how much land we had or how many square feet we had or what the attendance was or none of it. The benchmark is going to be, did you do what I told you to do? And were you faithful? Were you faithful to my word did you present my word faithfully? Were you a duplicate of what I showed you to do? Because I think a lot of these folks that I, I, I just think a lot of folks, I, I don't even know that they read the Bible. I'm talking about people in the ministry. Do they even know what's coming? Do they even know it's coming? Do they even know it's coming? I I could stand here until midnight and name the names of famous ministers and they lost their children while they were running all over the world, racking up numbers, racking up decisions, you know, raising money, building buildings, whatever, and they lost their children. Have they read the Bible? Do Do they even know what they're doing? what good is it to win the whole world and forfeit your own soul but what good is it to win the whole world and forfeit your children and that's why i see new faces here that's why we did a sermon just the other day out of 1 samuel And uh, God was sideways with King Saul because God said, kill all the Amalekites. And I don't have time to get into that and explain why God wanted to do that, but I did on that Sunday. And I I pointed out, you know, I have no problem with the word of God. Uh, If God wants them dead, that's his business. It's not my business. You know, I said to him last night as I was drifting off to sleep, I think you're perfect. I think your word is perfect. I find no fault in you. I find no fault in your word. You might think that's, A weird thing to say but I'm telling you what in every Bible school and every seminary everywhere in the world they're finding fault with the Bible and when they find fault with the Bible they're finding fault with God and you can't believe God for what's on page 1001 when you are critical and judgmental about what's on page 1002 and exact see faithful well done thou good and faithful servant look it up etymologically it means an exact duplicate faithful to be faithful means to be true to the original so we don't have any right to rewrite his bible we don't have any right to reinterpret you know what Jesus plainly taught I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, we will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone, verse 6, does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is... Now, why would he say that if that weren't possible? Talk to me. Why would Jesus say that if that were not possible? If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Verse seven is where we were headed. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. All right. So where are the exceptions in verse seven? Where's the caveat in verse seven? Where's the limitation in verse seven? There aren't any. Well, how can he do that? How can he promise? How can he make a promise like that? Well, he's shrewd. he's smarter than we are so look at the language if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be given you see the point is if you're remaining in jesus and the words of jesus are remaining in you you're not going to ask god to make you the biggest drug dealer in kennedale if you're remaining in jesus and jesus words are remaining in you you're not going to ask god to kill your wife so you can get a younger you know wife You're you're just not going to ask him for anything outside of his will. If you're remaining in Jesus and Jesus' words are remaining in you. See, do you see? So if you're remaining in him and his words are remaining in you, we know we say the sky's the limit. Forget that. There is no limit. I mean, you believe God and get into outer space on this deal. There's no limit. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my father's glory. This is where I wanted to get to. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. Now, he says in verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. So now we know John 15 is about prayer. See that? That's the context. So now we know John 15 is about prayer. Then look at verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples, showing yourselves. See, I want the reason we're doing a Wednesday night on faith and prayer, and the reason we're up to 30-something messages on it, I want you to be very successful in your prayer life. I want you to bear fruit in your prayer life because several things happen when you bear fruit in your prayer life. Your joy level goes up. But then also, you show others you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you got a lot of religious people out here, and they got no prayer fruit. I texted my family this week, and I asked them, I said, how many preachers around the world do you think gave God's gospel $100,000 Sunday? And not miss it. Not need it, not miss it, not even care about it. Amen. That's prayer fruit. Amen. Because when I was pushing that El Dorado down the shoulder on I 30, <laughs> I didn't have no $100,000 to give God. I didn't have $1,000 to give God. I mean, I, did, I probably didn't have a hundred tomatoes to give God. <laughs> but I kept praying. And when I wasn't effective praying, I went back to the Bible. I studied especially the words of Jesus, and I kept changing the way I was praying. I kept evolving the way I was praying. I I read books about prayer, George Mueller and Kenneth Hagin. I mean, I I kept at it. I kept at it. I kept at it. But when you come to a place where you're, you're bearing fruit in prayer, prayer gets answered. Miracles begin to show up. Your joy level goes up. And you show yourself to be his disciple. Now, I see new faces. So you could be mad about all this and, and go out and say he's crazy. And, uh, but wh- you can't say, I don't believe what I'm preaching. Because why would I do what I did if I didn't believe what I was preaching? That'd make me, that wouldn't make me crazy. That would make me insane. I'm a believer. Amen. And God's system, because I see new faces, I got to back up and clarify a couple of things. God's system was designed for his children to be able to fund his work, his mission in his house, and it not cost us anything. But we didn't see it. We didn't see it. When I say we, I'm talking about collectively the church of the Lord Jesus Christ over 2,000 years. We didn't see it. God's financial system was designed to empower, to enable his sons and daughters to fund his work and it not cost them anything. I stood right there and I said, it was in March or April about this virus. If God can't protect me, he don't need me see what is that man I'm all in and I learned from Kenneth Hagin: it's only what I boldly confess that I possess and you come to a place where you, you, you see it and I dealt with it a little bit Sunday time limitations I got a time limitation right now you know when we're all in heaven I'll teach you all this we have no time limitation amen Because you you all think we're going to get to heaven and angels are going to do everything. Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to be working. And you're going to have to operate the way God operates, and you're going to have to operate by faith. I'd like to go see Venus, but he's not going to have a shuttle. I want to see Jupiter. I want to see what a black hole is. I want to see all that stuff but you think he's going to have a shuttle so you can get your lazy backside in there and be carried somewhere? No, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to go look at it by faith. Whatever you do, because he's a faith God. See, we think, we think we just suffer through this life and then it's a cakewalk on the other side. Oh, no. No, he's a faith God and we will never stop being faith children. He's a faith God. And we are faith children. <laughs> there's so much power in it. Lift both hands. And say, "Thank you, Father God. I'm a believer. Thank you, God, I'm, a believer. I'm, not a I'm not a doubter." Hallelujah. See, all things are possible to them that what believe. 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 But there's a way to go about it. And so John, Jesus said in John 18:1. Men should always pray and never give up. And I think we've taken that to mean, you know, just keep plugging away, man. Just keep plugging away. You know, uh, Hail Mary, rub beads, whatever. No, if it doesn't work, forsake it. And go back to the Bible, go back to Jesus' teachings, John 15, John 14, John 15, John 16, Mark 11. Go back to the Bible, look especially at the teachings of Jesus on prayer and change what you're doing, change how you're praying. Listen. While you pray, the Lord will give me verses to recite. While I'm praying, David said, I recite my verses for the king. If I could just lead you into a place where you got answers to prayer, the prayer habit would be automatic. I think the problem is not that God's people don't love God. The problem is not that God's people don't love Jesus. I think that God's people don't really know how to pray effectively. They don't get answers. They don't get answers. So they're de-incentivized to pray. But if we would follow the patterns we see in John 14, John 15, John 16, Mark 11, if we would follow these patterns precisely and live live a good, straight, clean, moral life while we're doing it, and then how about this, be a doer of the word, there's no telling what we could believe in. There's no telling what we could believe in. I said there's no telling what we could believe in. If I could just talk you into it. If I could just talk you into it. God's system was designed. See, God's system was not designed so that we have to go to the government and borrow money, uh, COVID bailout money. That's not God's plan. This church reaped a couple of million dollars off gas, and we're glad to have it. We still have it, but that's not God's plan. God's plan is tithes and offerings, and God's plan is tithes and offerings while we're believing God, while we're doers of the word of God, while we're confessing the word of God, and because we're believing the word of God, confessing the word of God, taking action on the word of God, the harvest comes. And as the harvest comes, and he's not... He's not going to wreck you. He's not going to spoil you. I dealt with that Sunday. You can't go from zero miles an hour to a hundredfold return in three weeks because it'd wreck you. It'd wreck you. So we have to grow. We have to grow in our faith. We have to grow in our faith. God gave us a measure of faith. This was the Holy Week revival 2018. God gave us a measure of faith. Everybody here tonight, everybody here tonight has the same number of muscles in their body. Okay, so how come I don't look like some of y'all? Well, some people did more with their muscles. Do you understand? But everybody in the room's got the same number of muscles. And everybody here born again was given a measure of faith. So what have we done with it? But God's system was designed that we could fund his mission, his house, and his work, and it not cost us anything. And actually, actually, the truth of the matter is, if we would would work it, we would grow wealthy over time. Now, I'm not talking about bezos level rich i mean look those people are those people are messed up they're weird i mean (laughs) there's something really hinky with super rich people god is not going to let any of us get so rich that we turn into one of those those weirdos there's something wrong with them there's something wrong with them But when I say rich, I'm talking about having more than you need. I'm talking about having the ability to go and do as you want. I'm talking about the ability to be a blessing to your family and your children. I'm talking about uh, not having to worry about it. More than you need. More than anybody in your family. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. So the more answered prayer you get, the more glory you're bringing to God. See, but you haven't thought of it like that. Actually, Satan has lied to you and told you that it's actually selfish for you to want to get your prayers answered. But the more Jesus, Jesus is saying, the more prayer you get answered, the more glory you bring to God. And I know what irritates people. I do. I know it. I do. You bring a friend. You bring a, a, a relative. You, uh, uh, oh, man, you know, he bragging. Man, he bragging. You know, paying the church off. Man, he bragging. Man, you know, giving this money away. He bragging. You know, these scholarships. Man, he bragging. I can't help it if, if I'm blessed and somebody you brought is jacked up. I can't help that. <laughs> I said I can't help that. Socialism is us all being jacked up together the word of faith message is let me show you how to do it properly so you don't have to be jacked up anymore
0: Amen.
1: <laughs> do you understand Amen. but people, people get upset you know, well, you know you know, who does he think he is I'll tell you who I am I'm an apostle, I'm in a prophet I'm a son, I'm a child I'm in the family that's exactly who I am Amen. and I'm eating the best And I'm, when I eat, I'm eating the best, and I'm driving the best, and I'm wearing the best, amen, because that's my father. Now, now if Satan is your father, there's nothing really I can do about that, but, you know, Almighty God is my father. I love it, man. I love it. Now, just in August, the week of increase, I said, if daddy's rich, the children ought to be rich. Say it out loud. If daddy's rich, the children ought to be rich. And Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And we let the world talk us out of all of these blessings. We let the world talk us into thinking that if we were really Jesus people, we'd ride a donkey and we would wear sandals and we would have nowhere to lay our head. But I read just the other night in my annual Bible reading, Paul got to a certain town and they went and they stayed at Philip's house. Philip wasn't an apostle. He was just an evangelist. The only evangelist listed in the New Testament, but he had a house. So they weren't broke. They weren't poor. James and John, when when Jesus said, follow me, James and John left their father with the other servants. So they, they weren't like, Fishermen like what you see; those poor people on the side of the road, Louisiana, fishing out of a bar ditch. That's no, that's they were they were commercial fishermen. They were commercial. They had a business because when Jesus called James and John, they left their father with the other workers. They had employees. We stood there where Jesus' house was in Capernaum. We stood there in the, re, the ruins, the remains of the synagogue in Capernaum where he taught the word of God. We, we, we went up there and we stood and looked at Peter's house. Satan has lied to God's people. And, the, and, and wicked, wicked, wicked people control everything. They control TV, they control the movies, they control the news. They, they control politics. They, they control these uh, pharmaceutical companies. I mean, wicked, 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 wicked people. Because God's people would not hear the word, believe the word, confess the word, and take action on the word. And here we are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, nothing we can do about all that. But we can show others the way we can be effective we can pray and get results and we can show others the way amen Amen. and I believe before we go and I have no Bible on this it's just something that Smith Wigglesworth believed and Lester Summerall believed and Oral Roberts believed and John Osteen believed they all believed it same thing that God is going to show out before he takes us out and there's going to be a window here where there's going to be a great awakening it could happen fast it could happen in two months time but i believe it's going to happen i believe i believe that the power of god is going to be poured out once again and we're going to reap a mighty harvest i believe that but we can't we can't be ready if we're down here at the mall which is closed Standing outside in a suit with a bell, asking, Brother, can you spare a dime? No, we have to have some coin and be ready to do what God says, do, and go where God says, go, and preach what God says, preach. Amen. Amen. Lift your hand and say, Thank you, Father God. You are, so wonderful. you are so wonderful. You are so kind. You are so, you are so gracious. You, are so you gracious. love us so much. You, us so you much. want us to have, us every, have. Desire every desire of our heart. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father God. Show me, show me. How, to pray how to pray and be effective, and, be effective. And, receive and receive that my joy might be full that might be and full. that I might show myself that to this old lost world world, that I am your disciple.
0: Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, you walk by faith, not by sight.